0: And my name is Karen Wright. It is 934. You're listening to a Minnesota Morning on the Maverick. Joining me now is our good friend Master Gardener, Barbara Lampson. Good morning, Barb. This is the time of year that I know we love spring, but fall when it gets nice and cool is a great time.
1: Oh, Karen, good morning, and I love it. And I I was going over to the University of Minnesota Southern Research and Outreach Center in Waseca last night, and we were looking at the crops, how they have changed in the last week. The soybeans are turning, and the corn is just tan in color. I think I think we're really ahead of schedule, and things look so healthy. And, and I've heard the soybean crop's excellent, but I know the market
0: issues are some some concerns for farmers. Yes, which we have no control over, but we can certainly talk about how good the crops are.
1: Yeah, they certainly are. And I said to David, I said, you know, uh, one thing about Minnesota, we don't have these rampant wildfires that they have in California. We don't have hurricanes that come through. We have cold winters. We have ice and snow but it's temporary. And if we stay home and, and, and drive wisely, we're okay. I mean, we don't have this kind of damage. And the weather, the nights have just been beautiful and cool. And the days I'm out working and, and uh, just doing all I can do. I was so inspired. You know, one of the things that we have to do is uh, when we have an opportunity to go get information, we may not be a farmer or we may not be growing things, but everybody has to know what's going on with the environment, how we can protect it, how we can provide clean water, clean air, and healthy soil for future generations. And that's one of the things that this open house does at the University of Minnesota Wasika. The first booth that I visited there was with a young couple from the, um, Conservation District, the Waseca Soil and Water Conservation District, Tyler and Jesse. They were so helpful and so enthusiastic. I just love these young people that are in these public jobs that, you know, they they just... They've got the energy and... They do. They have enthusiasm for what they're doing, and they they know that it's up to them to get this word out there and that we're going to have a future that's going to be healthy for all people. But they I got a lot of great information from them, and, you know, they are doing, not only are they uh, talking about minimum till, and how to protect the water, watersheds, things like that. You think more of people, maybe if you're a farmer or somebody like that, but they're also doing education for children. Um, I picked up a few things that they had. One of them was a series of coloring books that they were giving out that identified foods that were healthy for you, that identified that the foods that you need to eat every day from the different food groups, just really excellent information uh, that I got there then I went to the research centers uh, their booth and they had the most wonderful thing they had living examples of some of the cover crops that they grow so here you see these big, mature, um, these greens that are are Not everybody knows what a cover crop is.
0: I grew up on a farm, so I know what that is. But maybe define it because a cover crop, you know, what
1: does that mean? Okay, so uh, uh, we found out now... That uh, by putting in a cover crop, once you harvest, because then you got the bare soil. You it have can the erode bare soil and blow away, and, and we we have erosion. Then we lose and soil. I mean, look at how expensive land is now, and how look how expen- expensive a bag of dirt is. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's soil and, itself. Yeah, and, and soil will continue to be expensive. So. They had examples of things that you could put in after that. And as a matter of fact, they had all these charts showing uh, what, how you could do companion planting. So how you could, with your corn, you could put in those rows, you could put cover crops, different kinds of things. And then they're measuring. So one of the other things that they do is they take you out in the field. We went on a, on a um, trailer Pulled by a tractor, and like a, a hay ride, Barb. Well, minus the hay, right? And and a. Um, a soil scientist uh, who had been there for, I think he said 17 or 18 years, and they have strips of land, and what they're doing is um, they're, they're recording results of using these different types of cover crops, things that will hold the soil in like place. Like clovers or uh, pea uh, crops. Sure, or... and there's these new, um, uh, I want to call them radishes, but there's a new type of a... A root crop? A root crop. Okay. It, it's, it's just for the greens that they're growing. Okay. In and they plowed it. And how, uh, then, if you do that, how much nitrogen does that put back in the soil? So they're measuring those kinds of things. And uh, in addition to that, what they're doing is um, they're, they're doing corn and soybeans and some small grains and they're doing alfalfa and they'll take a plot and they'll have alfalfa on it for three years and then after those three years they will measure the soil what's in there and then they'll switch over to soybeans on that and they'll see how well the soybeans do if they do better if they've been raised on the alfalfa land, or if they do worse, and then they'll have another similar plot where they'll be doing uh, switching over to corn from the from the uh, alfalfa. So it's to and me because for
0: many years it was just corn, corn, corn is king, and a lot of folks didn't realize how much that was stripping out the nutrients out of the the land. And my parents were always ahead of their time, Barb. I mean, I'm really proud to say way back in the you know the 60s, 70s they were already doing the conservation tillage. They were already doing the rotation way back then because they were sure. a part of the the movement, and maybe that's where I get it from too. Like you, y- yes, where you yes. feel because we want to we want to preserve the land for the future because right. once it's gone, it's gone. So that's wonderful that they're doing that and measuring it, and it's neat that you could go out and see
1: that. And so, yeah, how right. often do they have this open house? You know, once a year, oh, just and once it's a year, always in the fall. I missed it, and we it. have to we have to really promote that because that was so incredibly interesting to me. Because I mean, here you heard about it from the Soil Conservation Service then you went in and you saw the charts and the science and then you went out in the field and you saw things growing and they talked about that and you know organic matter I have been preaching organic (laughs) matter you know uh, in the garden, yes, at home, we have to continue. We have to have compost piles. We have to continue to build our soil, too. We're, we're part of this whole thing as well. So that was great. But here's something that I really didn't, I knew they were doing this, but I didn't know a lot about it. And that's phytonutrients. They are, they have a, a mission there where they're taking a look at what they call chemo preventative. Foods. And now how do you spell that? Uh it's just it's just chemo C H E M O So it sounds like chemotherapy kind yeah, of. Yeah, but, but it's chemo preventative. Ah. Okay. And uh, they their motto is from um Hippocratics, the Hippocratic Oath, the doctor he said, Let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food. And so they had a mini cafe there. You could walk through, and they would give you examples of these foods. So we had, uh, we had uh, broccoli, we had carrots, we had a dark chocolate with mm. ginger. Ginger is a great thing for us. We had red grapes, we had tomatoes. It was, it was just excellent. And and with each one of these, we got a menu, and it told us. What it how it would could benefit you, uh, uh, like for example, tomatoes have lysopine, and, and then it would uh, tell you what, what that was for, walnuts have omega 3 fatty acids, so it's just, um, it, it was such an education. And you know what, I'm just gonna stock my refrigerator with these things as much as I can because I certainly want to avoid uh, chemo. Uh, or any kind of cancer but it's also good I mean like for your eyes and uh, uh, for your blood pressure and, and lowering cholesterol and uh, anti-inflammatory things if you have things that you have problems that, along that line so this was all just great information it was free and then, Was there a good attendance? I like I said, I missed oh, it sadly. Yeah, just abs- good good attendance. Yeah, yeah, just and lots of families and children. And they had games for children, and and of course they had baby pigs there that you could see. <laughs> they had some calves there because that's part of the research too, the the livestock and the the things that they're doing with them. So. It was just a great, great night, and I got lots of good information, and I I got lots of good handouts, and of course, our master gardeners were there, and they had a display on good weed, bad weed, and you had to decide whether it was a good weed or a bad weed. Fortunately, I passed 100%. I was going to say, I bet you knew Barb. Yes, yes, and then they had a game for kids where you spin You know how you spin and then you get a question. And a prize if you uh, get it right. Yeah, uh, yeah, right. And so I just did it to see how it worked. Mm. And here was my question. Barb, you're a kid. Oh, yeah. I am a kid. (laughs) And, and of course, spinning something, you know, I'm such a gambler. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, uh, so my question was, what flower and vegetable have the same name?
0: What flower and vegetable have the same name? Hmm, well, you know, I'm thinking, and it's not popping in my
1: head. Yeah, well, I did know this. You did? Okay. Yes, okay, so it's pea, sweet pea. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. It's so simple if you just start thinking of those vegetables like that. So all this was just such a a great night and so worthwhile, and I went home feeling just happy and uh, just wanting to encourage people, you know, do everything you can do. And one of the things is when you get more information— First you want to do what you can do, and then you want to help others to, to get this message, to do what they can do. And sometimes you just have to work at this very, very... One sp-
0: small step at a time, That's, yeah, and yeah. we can all it, add to big differences.
1: Exactly. That is so true. So one of the things also that I got which I, I, I was really happy to get, was from the uh, Conservation and Soil District because they're educating people about, you know, how do you keep your water clean, how do you use safe ingredients and things. And they gave us non-toxic cleaning recipes. Oh, nice. So, you know, this is this is great because now I don't have to have bottles of things for different jobs. I, I've just got some of the basic things are baking soda, baking um, soda, Borax, lemon juice or lime juice, uh, vegetable oil, washing soda, white vinegar, um, and a scrubber sponge.
0: (laughs) Okay. Because I know we have have a lady who comes a, a couple times a month and cleans our house and she only uses things like vinegar and baking soda and things like that which I'm really really happy for yes. cuz a lot of people would just say oh well I'm going to get some this and that and the other things so she'll just tell say w- we're out of we're out of the vinegar get some more vinegar etc which is really nice because it's it's a simple thing that that's not harming a lot of things and so I mean that yep, yep. you're benefiting your own health.
1: Yes, I, I agree. And you know all and of saving these, money by the way. All of these cleaning products that we buy for the most part they come in plastic now. That's a petroleum product that's one of those things that what do we do with it with the container and you have to recycle it of course but if people don't recycle it and then what does it take to recycle it and to produce it into something else again so if we can eliminate some of that stuff that's really great the other thing I did was um I had a a conversation with Shane at the uh, Blue Earth County Extension Service, mm-hmm. and we were talking about slugs. You know, I I could be boring on this subject. Well, but- I had, like I said, I had so much slug damage this year. I mean,
0: it made me want to just take a haybine and cut down all my hostas because they were so bad. But I can't because there's trees on there, obviously. But yeah. but they were just so damaged. What what did he say? I'm just okay, curious if he so- has some more because I went out with a whole bunch of sluggo, which is an iron phosphate, and I just sprinkled it everywhere, and I put diametaceous with a, with just yeah. enough natural uh, remedy. And I'm hoping that that will help. Did he have any further advice? Yes.
1: Well, this is really important to that, with, that we do something about them now because now they're laying their eggs in the soil and those eggs will winter over in the soil and hatch out next year right. and we'll have even more slugs. So will my sluggo
0: that I put out a couple weeks ago when we first started talking about will that have any effect?
1: Yes, and, and we talked quite extensively oh, wow. about that. Sluggo are products like that, if they're going to be effective when it's cold or if it's wet, it will say so on the label. And the brand sluggo it will, it'll come through the rain, they'll still be there to eat, and it'll come through the cold weather. So if you're using a product like that, continue to use that product. In addition to that, um, the reason we like that product is because it's safe for animals. And doesn't it also add back nutrition to, so- to the soil? I don't. I don't know. You're not sure about that? No, I I don't know about that. As a matter of fact, I read the label on my can and I didn't see anything about that. So I don't think so. But the other thing he said is bait bait traps do work where you take a saucer, you sink it in the ground, and you either put water, uh, not water, you put beer or sugar water in there. The slugs will go after that. They will fall in and they will drown. So here's what I did Saturday. (laughs) I dug around six different plants. Barb and went out and got twelve packs no. <laughs> <laughs> in six different locations, and and I had some. We'd had some good friends, Germans over, and they liked beer, and we bought Bud Light, and so <laughs> Wait, I was. Took... Well, did Shane say that was a favorite of the? the no, slugs he are... didn't. He didn't have any recommendations have <laughs> on beer, but that's what I had. I wasn't going to the store to get anything else. Okay, so. I fill these saucers, okay. and and I was very cautious. I mean, I had them at ground level so that the slug just couldn't help but fall in. And the next morning, Sunday morning, I was getting ready for church, and I thought, "Oh, I got to run out and check and see if I got any slugs in my traps." Not a one. Do you know every? You didn't have any. No, oh. every ounce of beer was. <laughs> gone whoa it would be the raccoon I'm sure oh you're kidding I'm sure he went and and of course they're in six different places in my yard and (laughs) then I have these two kind of statues in my yard and they're up higher and they were knocked down I think the raccoon drank the beer got drunk and was (laughs) on his way home and bumped into them and knocked them over because he oh, the- does because they don't usually do that. <laughs> but so I I thought, you know, I don't think this is gonna work. I don't want a whole whole family of raccoons moving into my yard and getting high on beer every night. So I thought, <laughs> Okay. Now
0: somebody the said
1: raccoon beer party at Barb's tonight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So somebody told me that if you are have a, a board or a brick or something out in your garden, turn it over and you might find slugs under there. So here I am. I'm out along my fence, and then about 70 feet of fence has got bricks on the inside so that the rabbits can't dig under the fence in the wintertime and get in, right. because that's what they did. And I thought, well, maybe, you know, I should just go up and down there and see what's... I found zillions of slugs oh. underneath those bricks. I just couldn't believe it. And they were sleeping. They were actually, they were curled up there, and they were sleeping. And Because I found there's some bigger ones, and there's some really tiny ones. I the, mean, they're different yeah. Out, yeah. yeah Because
0: I had a pot that had been a container plant that had been sitting for a long time, and we were moving some things around, and I lifted up the pot. It's it's a, you know, a uh, uh, pottery so it's you know hard yeah, I yeah. picked that up and it was like all full of slugs too so I was just like whoa because it's moist yeah. under there so yeah. uh, same thing and and I imagine that so maybe you need to to take the beer and put it by
1: the boards no here's what oh. I decided okay take the beer can put water in it and drown the slugs oh. <laughs> well can you drown them don't yeah they like, don't yeah. they like water though or did no, you pick them they can't them up? crawl out no they can't oh. and you have this small hole on a beer can and so here I am I'm Pulling up bricks, and <laughs> I've got a putty knife. I'm scraping <laughs> things off, and you know the thing of it is, once they're awake, they're not so easy to hang on to with the gloves on. Oh. So then I thought, okay. See, I but, don't
0: like to touch them. I just move.
1: Well, I don't either. But so if I could get them off with my glove on, that was fine. If I couldn't, I wasn't going to let a single one escape from me. So that was my Sunday afternoon job. I was out picking up slugs and putting them in a beer can and drowning them. Oh, you stuck them in the beer can? I did. Wouldn't it have been easier just to have like a bowl or something rather than yeah, putting them I, in the... Yeah, I, I was, I had a lot of territory to cover and I didn't, it wasn't, it was easy to carry that with me okay. and hang on to it and not tip it over and in they went and then that was that small hole. That's why I had to take my glue. off. How many off. do you think you got? I don't know, 40, 50? <laughs> Something like that. Out of millions. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was a start. You can only do that so long without getting kind of overwhelmed by the whole thing. But here's what my wonderful husband, Dave, did. So a week ago, he mowed down the hostas in this one bed that I had. And I decided I wanted to put in wildflowers in there for the monarchs. It's going to be milkweed and it's going to be zinnias and things that they like and so because i was the slug picker which was very undesirable he took a spade and he spaded it up and he got all those hostas out okay and uh and they they were just they were so horrible they were riddled with yeah. holes but i in looking at the soil and that i didn't see any slugs over there but boy they sure had a slug infestation on their on their leaves i mean the holes were there i never ever saw any in that whole area, so we'll see. That's that's going to be a new bed. I'm going to start planting that now. I'm going to put some organic matter in there, and I hope that next year I'll have even more monarchs. I'm going to get some uh, uh, Lysianthus which is blazing star. Uh, the the uh, monarchs love that. There's a nursery over in Oatana and they have that in pots. There is a special one that's, um, I think it's called, um, I wanna say meadow uh, Lysianthus. It's it's the one that you'll see growing in the prairies and that, or maybe it's prairie, I'm not too sure about that. But uh, so I'm gonna get some of those and get those started. And if there's still time. I asked yesterday or last night at the um, uh, university what the soil temperature is these days. Yeah, what is it these days? Yeah, well, it's 72 degrees still, and that's at 2 inches. You go down deeper, it's probably going to be... I don't know, be cooler as sure. as you go down deeper then, but so the soil is warm. Um, it's a good time. You can still you can buy wonderful plants on sale. I was right now. going
0: to mention that we talked a little bit about you mentioning starting a new garden and, and time to plant, and it is the end of the season, so there are a lot of places that have sales, but it's good to save money on plants but there's also things you should look for how do you know if it's a real bargain well you have to work a little harder uh, maybe to get them reestablished because you got to make sure after you plant them that you get them rooted in so water them in and also a lot of times plants at the end of the season have gotten root bound so when you take them out of the pot you'll see just this big hard mass of roots so it's important that you loosen those up and I actually take and I will take a maybe a knife or a something to, to loosen them. So the, otherwise, especially like with trees, if they're in a pot and they go round and they around. They circle. Yeah. They circle. They can actually, if, if you leave them like that, when they start to grow, they'll start to circle and strangle yeah. themselves. Yes.
1: And especially if you improve the soil, like for a tree and you only ex- improve the soil in that small area, they're very smart. They're not going to branch out. So If you're planting anything, be sure to take time to improve the soil. Get some organic matter. In a wide area, too, because the thing is, you don't
0: need to necessarily go a lot deeper than the root ball for a tree. Go wider, though, because let it spread out and let it have a chance. Otherwise, if there's, like, some hard hard clay or something it's just going to stop and it'll start to circle because it can't know, break through some of one that. One of
1: the things that I've discovered is that when I'm digging a hole like for a perennial plant which is you know fairly deep it's eight ten inches yeah. you know um be sure that you I water that I pour water in that hole before I put the plant in so it gets out it, it goes out I let that drain out and then I put the plant in there.
0: Well and another thing I had when I bought this really fancy tree remember I told you that ginkle that I ordered yes. special and it said it said pour you know after you dig the hole fill it with completely with water and yep. then if after an hour if the water is not drained find a different spot because basically what would happen is you'd get root rot if you're not getting good enough drainage so it was after an hour you check because if, if that is just still standing there, you've got really terrible drainage in a place. So that's an important part for certain plants as well to look at. And also look at the plants. Sometimes there's really good deals because the plants simply have quit blooming for the season. So they're really cheap and they're not as pretty, but what a good deal for some of those. Um, if you get something that looks terrible and right. maybe, I mean, maybe it's just a terrible shape. Maybe it's not such a good deal. So
1: you got to really be careful in what so, you're buying. So now, yeah, if you go into the store and there were mums and these are the throwaway mums and mm-hmm. they're done blooming and you buy the plant and you think they'll bloom next year. Honestly, they won't, they no. won't make it through the winter. Uh, so that's not a good deal. But if you get a Minnesota hardy mum that are perennials, that will rebloom. Uh, but sure they will. And get them in and get them established. As a matter of fact, uh, we've always said that when you buy a plant and you're it's better to take the blooms off because the plant is doing all this work trying to put forth the the energy for the blooms, Flowers. whereas we want them to develop roots so uh taking removing blooms you can just wait it's it's called being an adult delaying gratification <laughs> that's like right. seeing the blooms you know
0: you know i've noticed a lot of the city going around and doing extensive pruning, pruning on boulevard trees i don't think this is a good time of year to no. do that it's really not because you really i mean what happens is you're opening it up i know it they're slowing down but they're not. The season's not done. The best time to do pruning like that on some of those bigger trees is during the the winter months or early early spring before everything's thawed out when they're kind of dormant. But I think they're doing it just because it's convenient and maybe they have the they time have to so do it. So many that yeah. they have
1: to get through. But what it does, it keeps them growing actively. They should. Yes be slowing down they should be going dormant but so
0: just because they're doing it doesn't mean it's right
1: (laughs) no that's (laughs) exactly right and here's what my thought is if we can afford trees beautiful boulevard trees why don't we have a plan for each one of those so that you start pruning early and take out some of those branches you know there's some
0: really poorly pruned trees in this community but i also know they do rely on volunteers i know they train them but Um, You know, as we talk about, you can be a certified, you can get a certified arborist, someone who's trained to do it, and you can also hire somebody to do your trees because anybody who has a chainsaw can cut trees. So really... You kind of sometimes you really need to look at uh, what you're getting because it's important if you want
1: the long-term health of your well, plants. a tree, um, it's a thing of beauty. And a longevity. It, yes. And if you have these huge scars on it mm. because you took off big limbs. Now, sometimes um, it, it, there's nothing you can do but take off a limb. But for the most part... You know, you really should be it's pruning all along. And the best time to see what the what the whole canopy looks like is when the leaves are off the tree. Then you know what, what you really getting. should take out. Right. So you can put that on hold. Hey, you know what we're doing this weekend? What are we doing? Because, you know, we want to keep all the soil covered up because yep. when the soil is exposed, not only does it blow, but it also releases carbon back up into mm-hmm. the atmosphere. We are putting... Uh, to cover uh, in our walkways and things uh, that you normally don't see. So anything that's got bare soil on it is getting covered up with some recycled bark chips. So mulch. Yes. Barb is bulging. Yeah. Yes.
0: Very yes. good. Barb, always great to chat with you. Time for us to go, but uh, if you have any questions, uh, give Barb a call. She's around right now, Three eight nine five six seven eight. 5678. Otherwise, I got to move along. Thanks, Barb. Yes. Thanks, Karen.